So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 28 of the SFP Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley with Style and Story Creative and Six Figure Photography. And today we have with us uh, someone who's been around for a little while in this industry, someone who is a, a great force. Uh, he's got a lot of wisdom, lots of thoughts. I'm talking about Scott Robert Lim, super energetic uh, uh, gent. And so we're going to get a chance to talk to him. Before we do that, I want to let you guys know what we stand for. Six Figure Photography is all about helping you grow your photography business, finding abundance and joy, meaning and profits. And we do this in two ways, helping you understand your own self-worth and helping you to understand that growth is providing value to every single person that you encounter. That's where it begins, you guys. So we have with us Scott Robert Lim. Look, he's internationally acclaimed, master photographer, was awarded the prestigious 2009 Kodak Award, WPPI, Creative Live, this, that, and the other. He's, he's, he's everywhere, right? He's won everything. And at the same time, as awesome as that is, uh, I just want to cut the crap because I don't think you guys care too much about all the awards. You guys care about, about his heart. You guys care about what he has to offer. And man, he, he has a lot to offer. And so I want, I want you guys to focus up. I want you to listen to this one. Um, he's got such a great spirit. He's got so much energy. Uh, and he's just willing and wanting to help you guys as photographers out as much as possible. That's why he's here today. That's why he's on this podcast, not because of the awards that he's won. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Look, he's like a 10K wedding photographer. And at the same time, we're talking about uh, how he's done that, but also how he's grown from not having any paying clients, right? We discuss how he actually is, has taken that evolution of acquiring his first paid client all the way up through. We talk about the importance of formal education um, versus versus not, um, how you can improve your charisma, your energy, your charm. Uh, there's just a lot that we get into, and I think there's a, I think there's going to be something for you guys. So without further ado, let's jump in and talk with Scott. Scott, how is it going, my man? Last time I saw you, uh, we were in Paris, and uh, maybe set the groundwork for that. Let people know what you get, what you were doing in Paris. Uh, well, every year I do a workshop in Paris, and uh, that workshop just sells out every single year because there are so many iconic 
you know, buildings and, you know, sightseeing things and places to see. I mean, it's just so romantic and chanting and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, hey, you know, we were there doing a workshop and you guys were doing your project with the uh, importance of print and we hooked up <laughs> in Paris. Thanks for letting us crash well, that for not a, a that quick way, Not that way. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> God, we're already there. This is the very first question. It's not even a real question. You already put it this way. Um, no, thanks for letting us uh, to hang out. It was incredible. You had some you had some gorgeous models. You had a ton of really passionate photographers uh, trying to up their game. And, and I love, too, following you on your various social channels because you continually just trickle out, like, these amazing images um, all over Paris and, and elsewhere, and uh, it's it's really awesome. You guys definitely should you should check out Scott's work, follow him along, because um, he just he just keeps raising the bar. Um, so okay, let, let's actually talk about that just for a quick minute because um, some of the listeners know, but so we were in Paris. My wife and I uh, went with Fundy, uh, Fundy Software, and we were shooting a documentary on the power, the importance of print. So let's start there for a minute, Scott. We're gonna kind of popcorn this all over. We're gonna be talking about all kinds of things. But ultimately, my hope is by the end of our conversation together, that photographers just take away a, a ton of, of things that they can use to grow their business to, to help to kind of like level up their game in all different aspects. And so let's talk about print. How important is print uh, for you in the success of your business? Okay, yeah. When I was a uh, wedding photographer, I figured out something and how to make more money. <laughs> Or how to be perceived more as a, a luxury brand photographer. And I discovered if you don't really have a really nice album printed, you know, you're not going to be considered luxury brand. Mm -hmm. And that was huge, you know. So once I started, you know, that's why like I really wanted to produce an award-winning album. So I, you know, I actually I I was fortunate. My first album that I submitted into WPPI won an award. And, you know, that's a good thing for people to do is to, to submit your album into an award because for an, like for, if you're a wedding photographer, um, if you score well with an album, that shows you that you can kind of cover the entire wedding day and do each aspect um, really well. Yeah, And so that was the validation that I needed. You know, not that the reward is going to make me money, but actually the award gave me confidence so I could go into my client and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm best, one of the best in the world. <laughs> and, uh, give me more money, <laughs> you know, but no, it was a confidence thing. And not that the award like itself, like, oh, people see the award and, and like, oh, they're going to give you more money just because you won a WPPI award. I mean that may be true, but in general, I think what really it really does is help us as photographers know that we're producing high quality work and we can go in with confidence and you know um, demand that money that we deserve. Yeah, it's so I think that was a huge thing. I think I totally agree. It's interesting. So uh, I guess on two on two accounts, I agree. One is. Um, yeah, you know, you might not make more money, but it, it does build authority. It builds credibility. Even I, we just met with a bride last week, and um, I was just nominated uh, by Rangefinder as one of the thirty rising stars. Didn't actually get it yet; just a nomination. But even just the nomination alone, when I was able to talk about that with with the couple, 
they were like so like so blown away right. so impressed by it. it's an authority thing and and at the same time i love what you're talking about in regards to confidence i'm i'm always kind of harping on i think one of the 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 biggest differentiators between the photographers who are making a lot more money and the photographers who are not is is self-worth, is confidence, is being able to allow someone to to pay you that money, to accept it, to believe that you're worth it. And I think that, you know, gear and awards, you know, they, they don't really do much, but they if at the very least, they do instill within you something, something to like yes. Uh, to keep going and, and to keep pushing yourself. And it's like a little, it's a little reminder, you know, um, if anything that right. they do, it's entirely internal. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah. You know, um, I mean, backtracking a little bit, um, with confidence, you know, people ask me, well, what was the hardest obstacle to overcome in your career to, you know, charging 10 plus a wedding? And I and I always say, you know what? The hardest thing for me was raising my rates from five thousand to ten thousand. And the reason why that was is because I would never pay myself ten thousand dollars to shoot a wedding. Sure. Because I didn't grow up in those circles. I didn't, you know. So for me, paying ten thousand dollars for a wedding seemed like that's crazy stupid. But I had to realize that there were other people out there who actually make a lot of money and <laughs> value uh, photography and that, yes, they will pay 10000 20000 50000 or whatever. And so for me, putting me in a position outside of, of my own kind of psyche, that was really the hardest thing. But I needed the confidence, like you said. Yeah, you know, so you know, we're we're kind of we hinder ourselves more than we think we do. I mean, of course, you just can't start photography and say, "Hey, I'm going to charge ten thousand dollars a wedding" because Scott Robert Lim said I should. I mean, you have to have the credibility, you have to have the the imagery that matches that, of course. But once you do, I mean, I find that like we just stop ourselves. Yeah, I agree. I think it's um. Let's actually transition real quick and and chat about that idea for a quick moment. Well, maybe you know before we do that, let me tell you a quick story because this is something. As you're talking about about spending money and clients who who want to spend money, dude, you guys, this is crazy. But like, it's actually not. <laughs> People want to spend money. It's like it's like shopping therapy. People really do want to spend money with you, especially on things that matter. And so it's not. It really isn't crazy to have someone spend five thousand dollars on an album when they just people just want to spend money or even. Um, uh, we just, we just shot this ridiculous wedding. It was, it was Scott. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. <laughs> if you ever want to know what $2 million looks like, it was like <laughs> in like floral. Thanks for it inviting was, me, dude. I yeah. would have been like a light guy holding the flash around. <laughs> you may have dodged a bullet. It was really intense. Um, <laughs> But man, at the, after the wedding, we edited all the images and we presented them and they loved them, right? They absolutely loved them. And, but they still wanted a little bit more work done, like the extra mile, like, you know, the little nip tuck kind of stuff here or there. Yes. And they were like, so we've got about like a $15,000 budget, you know, to do some of that. And I was like, <laughs> holy 
crap. Okay, sure. But it's it just it is it's yeah. It's always refreshing to remind yourself that man, people just people have money and they want to spend it. Uh, would I do that? Never. Um, but other people would. So exactly. So let's talk about the transition because I bet there's a lot of listeners out there, right, who are like. Yeah. Okay, I'm struggling even to get a paying client, let alone a ten thousand, let alone a five thousand, four thousand. Right, right. So, um, what I know, and I know there's so many steps to this, but maybe let's kind of talk about some of those foundational steps for the photographer who's who's getting started out and they're trying to even just acquire yeah. a paying client. What does that journey right. look like? Okay. This is what I always tell the people that I mentor in regards to raising rates. I think I'm an expert at this because for me, I was the only one making income in our family. Okay, So if I screwed up, that means I jeopardized my entire family and we have to eat cup of noodles for the next month or whatever. You mean ramen, right? <laughs> Top, ramen Top ramen or whatever. Okay, so, you know, so like I, I couldn't – raise my you know some people are afraid to raise the rates and then hey lose business i couldn't afford to lose business mm. so i had to figure out a way in order to keep raising my rates and going forward so what i've always tell my clients is like if you don't have demand you can't raise your rates yeah so the key to everything when you're first even if you're first starting out is like you have to create rave about you and if you're not getting any rave if clients are not happy with your work uh you will not succeed and so but you can't raise your rates without it and so let's say you're not raising your rates uh let's say you're not getting any rave let's say you're not getting any bookings at all okay mm -hmm. so there's usually i mean your just skills are don't match what you're what you're charging um, and you're in that middle category with everybody. And, you know, let's face it, our clients, they're not artists. Our clients are people who are getting married. So they can't really judge between work in a, in a, they don't have the perspective of an artist. So they're going to look at things a little bit differently. And so you may be better than that next photographer. But, in order for someone, just an average person, to look at your work and say you're better than the other person, you actually have to be ten times better. Yeah, you know, yeah. for them just to say, "Oh, you know what, your work is pretty good." Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, and so, like, when, I, for example, if people don't even know me, I'm like meeting them for the first time at some wedding or whatever, and I tell them I'm a photographer, and I, you know, they want to see my work, and I show, them, I'm like, you know what, you you produce pretty decent photography. You know, they <laughs> you're have pretty no okay, idea. Scott. What, like, come on, man, I'm a Sony artist. Like, you know, I don't say that, of course. <laughs> In my mind, I'm saying that, hey, look, I'm amazing. You don't realize it. But that's true. It's like people just can't see the difference between good and great. So you have to be actually really, really good. And two, you have to – sometimes it comes down to just the way you present yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and people can get a hold of that. Like, ooh, man, I like your personality. You know what? You look somewhat stylish, so your photography must look stylish, you know, or your studio looks good. So I guess your photography is going to be they, – they latch on to the craziest things, you know, the tangible mm -hmm. things that they can see. Um, and that's, you know, kind of what they, they – they, how they decide things sometimes. And unfortunately, it's not photography related. But the key thing is creating rave 
You have to have a buzz about you and your business. And if you're not getting, sometimes you have to start lower. You know, you know, the first three years you're not going to make it. You're going to make jack squat. You know, it's an investment into your business. And so the important thing is you got to see yourself in the beginning as, listen, I'm a paid intern, <laughs> and I sometimes I get paid, sometimes I don't. But experience is the main thing that you need. And then everything will follow after that. But you just really just have to get out there and work. You know, activity breeds activity. So if you're not active, if you're not shooting, if you're not seeing clients, you're not going to get any more clients. So you have to really be active. So for you, that would be, you know, as you're talking about building Rave, um, that's just for you. It's like it's just hustle. It's just pure, hard hustle, accepting what it is and, and just like working your tail off. Yeah, but you have to be coached in the right way. Like you, you just can't hustle and and do stuff. You have to produce at a quality um, that is hitting those luxury brides that are hitting. It's contemporary, and a lot of times, you know, quite honestly, we can't self correct ourselves. We go in. It's kind of like golf. I don't know if people play golf, but uh, you know, let's say you're having trouble with your drive, you know, and. You can't self-correct yourself. So a lot of times people get stuck with their golf game. Mm -hmm. They get to a certain score and they can't go past it. And then they realize, you know what? I need a coach. And then once they get a coach, things kind of take off. But anybody achieving at a high level, you think of a concert pianist. You know, you think a concert pianist can be great watching YouTube videos. Nah, no way, right? If you want to be a concert pianist, let's say your child was a had some talent and and was gifted mm -hmm. you know she could only take herself so far and then if she just said well let's just watch some youtube videos on on great piano players and you know watch those will you be any good no when you want to achieve at a high level you have to have a coach yeah you have this to have a mentor Dude, even with the Olympics just going around, I actually just put together an email. So um, I'm sure many people know at this point, we we have a, a yearly workshop. We just do one. It's called Abundance, Maximizing Joy, Meaning, and Profits. And it sold out, but we sent out an email to people. Uh, and in the, in the email, we're talking about the Olympics. We're talking about the fact that, man, Michael Phelps has a freaking coach, right? And it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to a lot of you know people's minds. Like, why would he have a coach? And it's exactly what you're talking about, man. You just hit the nail on the head. Um, even, I mean, even our studio, we, we all still um, go to workshops and mentoring. Actually, just this morning, Ben Adams, uh, one of our head photographers here, uh, was just um, taking a look at, I don't know if, I'm, well, I'm sure many people are with, are you familiar with Two Man, uh, Lanny and Erica? Oh, yeah, 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 um, right. We would, we'd Good just stuff. be really, say, say that again? Good stuff. Amazing yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah, so we've been interested in going and pursuing, um, spending some time with them and continuing to push ourselves and uh, it doesn't, I think there's just a, a I think um, admitting that you need help people, especially entrepreneurs, especially photographers, right? You've just started your business and you've said to the world, you've said to your family, your friends, I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to succeed. Uh, and it's really hard then to uh, accept that you still need help and you don't want to show that weakness to the people around you. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's a huge part of it. Um, 
And I, I yeah, think well, it comes back down to like, wh- like who are you afraid of disappointing? Um, and, and really being honest with yourself about that. Um, I'm going off on a tangent. I apologize. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> actually, but you know what? I want to com- comment on that a yeah. little bit about that. You know, you could see it as help though, but you know, another way to see it too is what I kind of tell a lot of my mentors. It's like, you need shortcuts. Yes. Right. Because let's say, you know, of course, you're, you're a, a very experienced wedding photographer, right? The things that you've the, – all the failures that you and I have had, right, that we've gone through trying to figure out stuff and pricing and packages and just how to shoot it, we've made a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. right? So then somebody comes up to us and asks us, you know, how to do something in regards to – I don't know, whatever, let's say reception lighting, right? So what, and so you can say, Hey, listen, I've been trying to figure this out for five years. I finally figured out a formula on how to do it. Here's how to do it. You just save that person five years in 15 minutes. And so really that's what a mentor does. He takes all his or her experience of basically a lot of failures eliminates those so you don't have to go through them and gives you the shortcut to success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really what I, I feel that, you know, like people like yourself do, you know, with your workshops and even with this podcast, it's like you're giving people shortcuts and there's Absolutely. no shame in it. Yeah. So then, I, you know, I just got an email, man, maybe it was two weeks ago, uh, from a, a photographer who just had a very straightforward answer of just like, uh, I need to find a mentor. How do I find a mentor? What do you say to that photographer? Well, I think, you know, you have to pick a photographer that basically you identify with in a lot of ways. Like you identify with them from, I think, uh, well, it depends on why you're going to them. If you, if you want to get your imagery better or whatever, then yes, you have to, you know, you can't pick somebody if you, who has a photojournalistic style, if you like glamour portraits, right? It's just not going to work. So you have to really resonate or have feeling towards that person's imagery first off, mm-hmm. if, if that's what you want to achieve. And then two, you kind of have to look at the way they positioned their business. Now, for example, if you wanted to start a multi-photographer studio, you know, and go that route and, 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 and have other photographers working under you and all that kind of stuff, then, you know, hey, let's say yourself, you'd be a really good mentor because you do that type of stuff. But guess what? I didn't do that. I was different. You know, I was a one-man show type of thing. I got into education. You know, I transitioned into there. I started manufacturing my own products. And so, like, you got to pick the person who you most match and where you want to go mm-hmm. and then kind of study under them. So you just can't pick anybody out of the blue. You have to kind of do some research and see who kind of fits. And then there's a lot of people actually that are pretty closed off as you know, and they won't be a mentor to you because you know, this business is cutthroat. So like, why should I turn over all my secrets to somebody who's going to be in competition uh, with me? And so that's why I made the conscious decision to kind of get out. I mean, I still shoot like maybe a half a dozen weddings a year, but it's not like I'm 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 doing it just because I still teach wedding photography, so I want to be rev, you know relevant in sure. the industry. Uh, but like 
I, I, you know, can I be honest here? Sure. I felt like I didn't quite give away everything when I was still shooting wedding photography, when I was teaching it. Because it's natural. I'm still doing that for a living. I still got to, you know, put food on the table. I got to still pay for my daughter's private school or whatever, you know? <laughs> and so um, there was a hesitancy for me to just hold back. And I didn't like that. Yeah. And I didn't want any conflict of interest. So I really felt like my teaching career took off when I just kind of stepped away from the whole ball game. And I said, now I can just tell you everything because I earned my living through different avenues. Yeah. So I just had um, Bob Coates on the show. Uh, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with Bob. A couple episodes ago. I, uh, hey, I Bob Coates, yes. <laughs> I do awesome. So we got in this conversation about education, vocabulary, um, and and this is something that I want to continue to talk about with more with more guests. More perspective is what I desire to seek on this. And so formal photography education, even as we're talking about mentors um, and bettering yourself, um, where do you feel like? I mean, does that even fit into the equation in 2016? I got a story. Yeah. Okay. I was just in Spain literally two days ago. Okay. okay? I, have you ever been to the Picasso uh, Museum? I have not. Not in, At least not okay. in Spain. Okay. Well, I went to Spain. They have this museum just on him, and they show his work starting from 14 years old to um, 90. And I could not believe the span of his career. His career was 80 freaking years. He was producing in his 80s still. Wow. Okay. At age 14, his stuff was amazing. But when you look at it, it was not, you know, you think of Picasso, you think of his cubism style, right? It's like we're abstract things. But he was technically groomed. Okay. He knew about lighting. He knew about form. He knew about everything. So when you look at his work at 14 years old, it just looks like a classic, you know, uh, painting like, you know, Rembrandt or whatever. And he would do this six foot by eight foot amazing paintings, you know, at age 14. And that dude was solid. He had all the foundational um, skills, technical skills. Mm-hmm. He practiced it for years. I mean, I, I think it, they said he, his father recognized he had a talent at age four or five. So when he was 15, he had been painting for 10 years already. And then I realized what was really inspiring to me is that his signature style, his cubism style, developed at age 50. And then he had another 40-year career on top of that. Um, But I think he really needed that foundation. You know, it's kind of like jazz. You got to know the rules before you break them. And I think, you know, I was thinking about that as I was actually sitting on the commode. I had this, like, revelation come to me, (laughs) which often happens. I go, well, why do you have to pay attention to the rules? Right. Mm-hmm. And like what when can you break the rules and when when is it cool not to break the rules? And I and I discovered this 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 thing. I was thinking of, you know what rules create have a purpose. Every rule 
make something in general better, okay? But you break the rule when you want to achieve a certain effect and the rule holds you back from that certain effect that you want to create. So for example, let's say you're creating a photo and you want to um, elicit or create extreme emotion. Yeah. Okay? So if the rule, like the posing rule or whatever, prevents that extreme emotion, the main thing that you're going to try to get out of that picture, if it prevents that feeling that you want to convey, by all means, break the rule. But in general, a rule will help, especially in the beginning, help you create the emotions that you want to create. And then when you, you can break those rules when you want to go beyond them, but you have to know them first. Sometimes we might get lucky, but I think those rules are set in place to help you, you know, build these building blocks to understand what these rules can give to you and how to make something classic, how to make something, a photo, have a certain perfection to it. And perfection Everybody loves perfection, like Michael Phelps, <laughs> right? Can't get it. Hussein Bolt. That's why we love watching the Olympics because we love. There's a, we worship perfection. Okay, so when everything there's when somebody's perfect, we worship it. There's a purity to it, and some a lot of these rules make like for example, when I talk about posing and I talk about lighting, if we follow these certain basic rules, you're not going to screw up. Your photo is going to look perfect and your customers are going to keep coming back to your images. They don't know why, but there's a certain perfection to it and they come back and then say, hey, listen, I'd rather you simplify your work and do it 100% correctly than try to do something creative and only get it 80% correct. Because that's something that like you take the picture of Mona Lisa. Did you happen to go to Louvre while you were we there? Did. Yes, we did. Okay, right? And so that's considered like, a, you know, perfection in regards to a portrait. And so millions and, you know, people every hour, like, look at that photo. And because there's a certain, you know, it's deemed as a certain perfection and we just go to it. And so I think that's, that's the difference between learning the technical versus just going off and being freeform. I think we need to have the basics of all these technicalities because they can help you actually um, convey whatever emotion you want out of your photo. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's such a fine line to kind of balance. That's like a push and pull, um, you know. And so I agree, man. It's not a black and white thing. I think um, I think maybe the the thought the, that I always kind of come back to is even in regards to. Um, to, to like the formal education part of it. I just, I still struggle with, and I don't, I don't have any, I think I'd probably, um, uh, I might get some backlash for saying this, but I have no problem saying that I don't really believe that like formal, like if you're going to, if you're going to be a wedding photographer or a, or a, or a portrait photographer, I really don't think that college is the right move. Um, <laughs> for that, uh, and so I might get I might get smoked by saying that. I, I, I oh, oh, are you talking about that kind of formal I education? I guess that's what I was kind of getting. At. When I said formal, I oh, guess I I'm talking. Oh, I thought you talk about 
formal education in knowing about portraiture, knowing about lighting. No, yeah, and I, I but yeah, so definitely, and I think that oh, yeah, I think that again in 2016, I, I think there's the ability to to find this. Now, let me before I want to hop back to you on this thought, but before before I totally get all the backlash. I think that for, let me clarify, if you're going to spend your own monies, your own dollars uh, to go to college um, to become a photographer, I think that is a poor decision. However, I think there's a lot to be gained from college. And so if you have a great scholarship, if you have um, family, parents or whatever that want to send you, well, then hell yeah, go and enjoy it uh, and make the best of it. Um, but I think from from a business standpoint, it is not the wisest move. Um, what, what do you no think way. about that? I, I totally believe in that. Like the average college cost, like some somebody going to college, the average cost is about one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, so if you give me one hundred fifty thousand dollars, you can stay at my house. And I will mentor you twenty four seven for four years. <laughs> you know? Wait for how many years? You for four years or forty? Darn, what's that? How many years? Uh, well, for four or five years, that's the average cost of of going to college is one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for four or five years. And I'm just saying, if you give me one hundred fifty thousand dollars, you can stay at my house. That's I'll make awesome. you a little room here. Yeah, does that and include I'll mentor uh, you. room and board, food, everything? <laughs> yeah. Whatever, just come on over here. I mean, and you'll get farther than that formal education for sure. I mean, it's like, okay, because you have to look at what college people, what are they going for? They poo-poo wedding photography. They poo-poo, you know, what do they want you to do? They want you to be a fine art artist or a photojournalist, okay? Photojournalists don't make any money, and I don't know one person who earns a living being a fine art photographer. Sure. So what they're trained what a a gen, a standard photography degree will give you is their target for you, their goal is completely opposite than making money. And so it doesn't work and that's what I'm really just inflamed about is like people spending all this money cuz I've had literally people come to one of my workshops and say, "Listen, Scott, in one week, I've learned more than than my earning my master's in photography, yeah. um, because it's not getting them where they want to go. It's not directly related to making earning a living. You know, now if you're independently wealthy and you just want to produce artsy fartsy stuff, then hey, that's great. But yeah. uh, you know, for most of us, we got to pay our bills some way, and so I just think that's a disconnect there. It's complete. Well, okay, look at. You look on the stats. I did the stats. The average full-time photographer, in, uh, according to the United States, and this was like done in 2010, so it might be slightly off. The average full-time photographer, the person who lists on their uh, tax return that they're a photographer, they make $29,000. Yeah. Okay? So if the formal education was doing such a great job in training photographers, why do they only make $29,000 when the average income in America is $38,000? So actually, they do you a disservice and make you less money than somebody just, you know, going working at Home Depot or whatever. So anyways, sorry. No, it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. uh, I'm glad you and I didn't have to fight. We'll, we'll handle the the complaining emails later. Um, but at least we're on the same page, my man. Um, 
Dude, this is awesome. Okay, hey, I gotta I gotta take a quick second to thank some people here because there's a, there's a number of companies that support uh, the SFP podcast. They support me, um, and I just gotta give them some some cred here. Um, by the way, too, I I say this every time, but I want anyone who's first time listening to know this. If I mention a company that supports this podcast, that supports me, it's because I personally use them. That I freaking love them. I don't just love their products. I don't just love their service, but I actually I really enjoy the people behind that. And so I just want you guys to know that that's the place that this is coming from. Um, you couldn't, you couldn't pay me money to, to support us if I don't actually believe that you're worth a damn. Um, so here we go. <laughs> On that note, you guys, I got to give some love to Millers. Um, dude, Scott, you're familiar with Millers Lab, right? Yeah, love Dude, Miller's. Freaky fast. So freaking awesome. Um, I'm actually, we just, my wife and I just got done with a portrait session of ourselves and our little baby. And I was designing in Fundy um, this whole big canvas kind of series to go up the stairs. Um, and I'm going to order it through Miller's. Her birthday is coming up on September 11th. The day I'm recording this, by the way, it's uh, August 30th. So I got 11 days. It will like next day ship from Miller's and it will be here on my doorstep in like two days. It's going to be incredible. I, I love that fact. And I know that they're reliable, they're consistent, and they actually care about their products. They care about their clients. Um, so you guys, if if you're not you already know what? doing print, take a look at Miller's. If you are doing print, I actually want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to compare, just to go reach out to Miller's. Uh, they send over like um, sample stuff, uh, like uh, sample prints for free. And they'll even like next day ship those. You're going to get really confused when it ends up on your doorstep like tomorrow <laughs> um but anyhow uh and they 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 love us they love you guys and so um they're offering if you're listening uh 25 off um their signature albums and so use the coupon code capital sfp 25 and you're gonna get 25 off um and then I also, you guys, I got to give a shout out to Tave. Uh, Tave has been so critical. We used to be on a couple other different platforms prior to Tave 4 coming out. Um, and when we made the the transition, um, our whole world changed. <laughs> Just in regards to like managing clients, managing leads as they came in the door. If you don't know, Tave is a CRM. It's like a client relationship management software that is fully customizable to to fit your needs. Um, because again, I've got like a three-person studio. Scott, it's just like you and you're doing more education stuff. Um, but you could use Tave to customize your workflows with whatever you're doing and automate so much of your stuff. People ask, how do we manage? You know, we get like 700 inquiries a year. How do we manage that? Well, we manage it. We keep all these people happy and we give people consistent experience um, because of Tave. So anyhow, Tave 4 um, as well, Tave 4 has um, has a great coupon for you guys. It's 20% off uh, for the entire first year and an additional month uh, for free. If you, uh, if you use the link down there, Six Figure Photography is the coupon code. All capitals, no space, Six Figure Photography. Anyhow, thank you, thank you, Tave. Thank you, Millers. I love you guys. Um, you guys definitely check them out uh, if you haven't already. So, Scott, thanks, thanks for letting me give them some love. I appreciate it, man. Sure. All right, so I got to talk about charisma here for a minute because Scott, you are like dripping in charisma. Um, (laughs) No, you do though. Like you've like you guys, if you haven't met Scott in person, like he's just like the, 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 this ball of energy wherever he goes, like people just light up um, and, and come alive. And this does 
so much, as you know, Scott, for your business. I, I kind of relate. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite at the Scott's level, but I relate in the room and the, and the amount of energy that I try to put out into the universe, uh, and the amount of joy uh, that I try to exude. Um, but I want to talk about this in regards to um, in regards to your business, in regards to photography, because it can do so much. How have you seen uh, just your your infectious joy and your charisma um, help your help your business? Well, I think it's kind of like evaluating your strengths and weaknesses, right? And so, going into photography, I look at myself and like, you know what? I'm not as good as good looking like Ben Hartley, right? So, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> the chicks aren't gonna fall over wanting to book me like they do a Ben. But what is my positives, right? So, like, I can't. I'm short, right? I'm an Asian guy, and I'm short. I was like, <laughs> oh man, I got these negative things going against me, but I do have some positives, right? Everybody has negatives, everybody has positives, and you got to figure out what that is. And I knew mine was just my positive energy that I can pump into the room. And so I, I just learned to develop that and to go with it and know that this is what really gets people interested in what I'm, I'm about. And I realized that people just love hanging around people with positive energy, right? And so, and that's kind of, you know, my giftedness is that I, you know, bring this positive energy in this room, into the room and people like relating with me, you know, they'll ask me to go to uh, parties or whatever, or they'll, you know, I can tag along and do stuff because they just want me around because they want that positive energy and clients would just like, cause I would always wonder like I'm shooting a wedding and then I, you know, then these other bridesmaids or other people who are considering getting married, they would come up to me and say, oh, man, I want to hire you. And I couldn't understand. Wait, they didn't even look at my pictures and they really seriously want to hire me. It's like, why? I, that, that was like, why? Why? What is that? Right. How? What's happening? And I just realized the way that I'm managing my clients and having them pose and and all that kind of stuff makes a huge difference. So I always felt like, well, hey, listen, my photography was 50% of why a person booked me, but the other 50% was just like my positive attitude. And that was what I went with, you know? Yeah. I and so that. I figured that that was my positive um, and how, you know, somebody could book me was through that way. And I just went with that and developed that. Yeah, I think, and it uh, wasn't like I was trying to be insincere about it because it truly was who I am. And so I just allowed myself to be who I am and just let my giftedness just scream. And so I think, you know, that's how I saw it. I love it, man. I love the angle that you're, you know, what you said about playing to your strengths. You're not, you're not encouraging everyone out there. Like you've got to be this super outgoing, charismatic wooer of all people. Um, but that just happened to be your strength. And I think this is something it's, it's self-awareness, you know, I think it's being self-aware yeah. and then figuring out, um, how do you take whatever it is that you are strong at? Maybe it is being, um, you know, the quiet person in the room that, that could mm-hmm. be a strength and, and, and equating that to like a meaningful difference, having that factor, um, 
separate yourself in a positive way, you know, from, from everyone else. There's, uh, there was a photographer, this is maybe two years ago who had reached out to me for mentoring and was really struggling with how to, uh, get brides to still want, um, want her as a photographer when they found out that she had, uh, a couple kids. Um, she was struggling with that. She was discovering that brides didn't want her cause she had kids <laughs> like young kids. What? You know? Um, and, and we just had a, a time to sit down and, and figure out how do we make this actual, actually like beneficial? How do we paint this picture of, of you being a mom as a meaningful difference in the, and the way that it changes the moments that you're photographing and the anticipation that you have, uh, and right. just the way that you perceive the whole day is now entirely different and it's shaped in this new worldview that's actually better than if you didn't. And so I, I love this man. Um, if you're listening out there and you're not super energetic and you're not crazy charismatic, uh, I think there's still opportunity for you to, to find great success. Um, it's just really, uh, really trying to figure out what, what is it that you're, that you're great at? What are your strengths? Awesome, man. Um, and especially, and especially if you're not good looking like Ben Hartley, <laughs> you're coming back to that, aren't you? man? <laughs> Oh boy, you're making me blush over here, buddy. You're making me blush. Um, all right, stop it. Okay, so here we go. Hey, I got a couple quick, quick, fast questions. Well, they're probably not quick, but I'll, I will ask them in a fast manner. <laughs> What's the best, the best damn piece of advice that you've ever received, and who gave it to you? Mm, I think it had to be uh, Don and. Um, uh, Davis, you know, um, I'm drawing a blank Bob here. Davis. Why am I drawing? Bob Davis, yeah, Don and Bob Davis, right? When I first kind of started out, um, they kind of mentored me. I kind of reached out to them, and they, you know, we kind of came into the industry together at the same time because he was a photojournalist uh, for working for the Chicago Sun Times. And you know, he one day he's just I was unsure about certain things and like, you know, then he just basically had to just say to me, Hey, Scott, start acting like a world class photographer and just do it. Mm-hmm. And so that kinda hit me, you know, where he hey, he's this established photographer and been in the industry a long time and he saw me as hey you know my cred was good now just start going with it don't worry about it and I think that was the hugest kind of affirmation that I needed to just really kick in the butt to just just really move forward and take some risks go for it you know and so I think that was a huge huge thing for me just having that mentor to just evaluate me and just see me and and see my shortcomings of not having any confidence and just saying, going for it. Yeah. I think, um, this is something I've been thinking a lot about. I've, uh, I've got a little girl, she's going to be two here in October. And, um, I just, I don't want to live my life in fear and I certainly don't want, uh, for her to either. I always want her to take action and to do and to try things and to fail. And I think, uh, Again, this goes back to what we were originally talking about in regards to who who are we scared of of letting down? It's oftentimes not ourselves. It's oftentimes somebody else, our our family, our wife, our kids, or right, our, right, you know, industry leader, parents. I don't know. 
but not letting fear stop you. Um, actually, one of the core beliefs that I have is is being fearless. And this comes from Ariana Huffington, but fearlessness is not the absence of fear, but rather not letting fear stop you from pursuing your dreams and, and trying new things and just generally being happy. Um, I think so many people are working um, just bullshit jobs um, <laughs> and because they're scared, they're, they're scared yeah, to go and right. actually do something that would make them happy. Um, anyhow, sorry, I, I get super, uh, jacked about that. So that's awesome. And that's really, that's really awesome advice. Let's see. I got one more for you. Um, this is a doozy. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Sony. So you're right. You're on Sony. I got, we got to talk about this for a quick minute, man. I know we're talking all about like <laughs> mentoring and getting better and improving your work right. and growing your business, but you're, you're Sony and I love it. There's Sony there. Um, as far as like, you know, professional photographers in the space, you see a lot of Canon, you see a lot of Nikon, um, right. but you don't see too much Sony. But before, before I stop there, I got to tell you, man, I love me some Sony, especially in the video end. Uh, we do we do some uh, commercial video production as well as some some bridal stuff, and mm-hmm. everything that we shoot on is is Sony. Um, and so they're just leaps ahead of everybody else. Even actually, even when the five D Mark IV just got announced, I just looked at it and I was like, yeah. it's still like three <laughs> years behind Sony. Um, exactly. Anyhow, it's so pitiful. But tell me, tell me more about this, man, because I, again, I just don't see yeah. too many professional photographers in the Sony department. Um, uh, but unpack yeah. that. Maybe I'm just not looking in the right place. Well, I just kind of feel like um, Sony. You know, when everybody else does their upgrades and their little improvements on their cameras, I mean, okay, that's fine and Danny, but the whole intent of Sony. When they came into the digital DSLR category, their whole mission statement was they wanted to do something revolutionary and something completely different than Canon and Nikon. Because their their whole philosophy was, why should I get into the game and copy them? Like, there's no way, right? So it's kind of like that book, The Purple Cow by Seth Godin, right? If you're going to come in, go into something different. And so I just feel like their features and their cameras are just revolutionary and it's really improved my photography. And it's hard to say this after shooting for 15 years, but I I can honestly say it's probably improved the efficiency of my photography and the artistic uh, kind of stuff that I get out of it probably by about 30%. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge leap, you know? There, I can't think of any other camera or lens or any other product that I've had that's really just changed my my shooting from a camera perspective more than Sony. It's just revolutionary, you know? Uh, it's, you know, full frame. It's super small, live view, the tilt screen, the, the 42 megapixels. I mean, it's just like... I don't know. It's just mind blowing to me and I can't stop, you know, talking about it because it sincerely is just part of my shooting now and I just love it. What are you on right now? Uh are you on the is it the X X, X I don't know, which what is it? <laughs> XT two? Oh no! Um, I love the seven R two, which is the forty two meg- megapixel full frame. And the seven um, Mark II, which is the low ones, like 
3200 or whatever and the other one's 1600 um and so i use both of those and uh those are my main you know bodies and i put a 16 to 35 on one and an 85 millimeter on the other and i that's that's where i do a, a big chunk of my work with that right there nice yeah we've got the um the a7s2 that's what we're using for uh on the video side of things right and um again unless you're gonna go and and drop ten thousand dollars or more on a full, you know, cinema camera, you just can't beat it. You just really can't. Um, awesome, man. I, I had to ask. It's it's really exciting stuff. I, you know, we we've been we've been thinking our, our Mark threes, our Canon Mark threes, they're on the tail end. I gotta say, man, these things are like <laughs> beat to junk, like total junk. Um, and we're gonna need to start considering what what our next option is. And so uh, we we got our eyes on Sony. We're thinking about it. We're looking your okay. way. Okay. Yep. There you go. That's awesome. Dude, so you just, uh, you mentioned, this is just something interesting. This is something that I don't get to talk to, well, anyone really about. You mentioned earlier on that you've transitioned from doing weddings to uh, to education and now to product development. And so what are you working on? Um, they kind of go hand in hand, you know. Um, so... Uh, actually, you know, we're, we're starting to, um, develop this, this company. I've been working with some other friends of mine and, you know, for myself, the only way I was able to go into teaching was actually to develop a product. And there's very few photographers out there. I mean, there's ones that have produced software and stuff like that, or maybe bags or whatever, but there's very few that have actually created or manufactured their own equipment. Like for me, I, I, deal in with a lot of lighting equipment and then i've also designed this recently this this charger for the sony cameras where you can charge four batteries at a time because you use a lot of batteries when you go through sony um so but you know we're realizing that that kind of really helped me create another revenue stream that creating products because i believe photographers come up with the best products in regards to uh, photography because we are in the trenches we would use it every day um you know we're shooting it we're not like some engineer in the back room that says oh i think it'd be cool to do this we know what really works and what doesn't work and what what's really efficient so uh, we decided to kind of we're we're just uh in the development of it of putting up to this company together where we're going to help other photographers um, if they are interested in manufacturing, they have an idea, you know, everybody's got an idea for a product, um, about putting it together and helping them in regards to doing it the right way with, you know, we're dealing with China and manufacturing and patents and all that kind of stuff. To, and, um, to be able to create a revenue stream for a photographer who has a great idea. It's awesome. It's like shark tank, but like Scott yeah. Island style, you know? Yeah, it is. I mean, so anyways, I'll I'll be releasing that soon. I don't want to like put it out there yet until we've got all our ducks in a row. But uh, pretty soon within the next couple months, you'll be hearing about us and seeing one of the first products that we'll be releasing under this company. But also, I, you know, on myself, I, I've, I've done stuff where it's enabled me to teach because they don't really give you any money to teach <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> Amen. So you, you realize how it is? And so we're doing this out of love and the passion. But if you really wanted to do, because like for me, I had to follow my passion, my fashion is about teaching people and helping photographers get to the next level and that's what I wanted to commit my life to but the reality is I had to make money too so 
being doing my workshops and and then also having product and being able to sell that and uh, things that I really feel that help photographers has really made it possible for me to just go into teaching. Yeah, for sure. Dude, this is awesome, man. Um, where where else can people find out more about you, your work, your mentoring, um, education? I, I, you guys, if you're if you're not familiar, if you're not following Scott, definitely do it. Um, there's a ton to learn from this guy. So, where can people go to Scott? Um, I think you know where I'm most active on is uh, Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So everything that I announce and is usually through Facebook. So if you just go to Scott Robert Lim. And follow my personal page. I have a business page, but because there's certain limitations on that, um, tagging people and stuff like that, I, I do a lot more on my personal page. Unfortunately, I'm maxed out on my friends, but you can also follow me there. And if I get to know you, guess what? I will kick out people to add you as one of my Ooh, friends. <laughs> the ultimate compliment. <laughs> yeah, I will do it right there on the spot, right? If I get to know you and I, you know, so yeah, that was probably the best way. And then on Instagram, you can just go to Scott Robert Lim and I'm there. And those are probably the two places. If you're t- t- looking at uh, interested in the product that I sell, you could go to scottrobertstudio.com, and that has you know all my stuff on it. Nice. That's it's Scott, it. This has been great, man. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, you guys check out his work, uh, Scott. Hopefully, hopefully, I see you in Paris again. I don't know. Are you ever going to make your well, way to like hey. Ohio? <laughs> dude yeah I'll, like, let's do it let's hook it up i'll let's be do like a big I'll, epic cornfield workshop right me and you just killing it <laughs> awesome scott thank you so much man this has been awesome thanks man appreciate it I love the advice that Scott received from Bob Davis. Uh, Bob told him to start acting like a world-class photographer and just do it. You guys, uh, as we're wrapping this up, look, inaction, it's, it's, it plagues our industry. I think we get so caught up with wanting things to be perfect before posting, with wanting to produce rather than document. And I just want to encourage you guys... You just have to start. If you're scared to start charging your clients, if you're scared to actually take the leap and put your brand out there, if you're scared to reach out and connect with people, you, you just have to begin. You just have to start at some point. And you won't you won't be at Scott Robert Lim's level tomorrow, but he wasn't either, right? It, it takes steps and you just have to begin. And so I just want to encourage you guys, start taking these steps. Start Step into print. Start, start delivering prints to your clients. Start offering albums to your clients. Start billing your clients appropriately. Start valuing yourself appropriately. Begin today. Act like a world-class photographer. And and you just got to start at some point. Why not today? You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support that you give. The reason I keep showing up and, and trying to help provide value to you guys is because you're actually listening. And so thank you again, everyone. Um, look, if you want more, if you want more from me, Monday through Friday, I commit you guys live, live videos um, right on our, our Facebook page, Six Figure Photography on Facebook. And uh, Monday through Friday, I just uh, come at you guys live in a super candid way, bringing you guys behind the scenes at, at our photography studio style and story creative. So Q&A Fridays, live editing, critiques, just letting you guys know what we're up to as a company. And so come check it out. Come join. Uh, watch live. You can ask questions. It's a great way just to get access uh, to us. And it's a great way for me to learn more about you guys personally. So um, come check us out there. You guys will see you at episode 29. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.